0: Hey, Sam McNeil from Selsica System here with Mr. Brian Clark. How's it going, Brian?
1: Sam, it's going really well, mate. It's um, the Monday, um, sunny. Who could complain?
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And you've chosen a big, big topic to talk about um, in this particular episode of a podcast, Brian. Selling intangibles.
1: Yeah, I was uh, looking at that topic over the weekend uh, and I was wondering whether we should have called it selling to incorrigibles, but um, intangibles uh, I think is a really, really good topic and, and particularly in lieu of some of the clients that you and I have been working with lately, it's uh, pretty much a bullseye for um, for where we've been spending some time.
0: Yeah, that's very true. Um, and I guess uh, just by way of introduction, by intangibles we're talking about broadly speaking people who are selling services or their time or something they do other than a physical product that you can get your hands on?
1: Yeah that's right and um, it's uh, something that that uh, yeah you can't really see feel or uh, touch or smell it's it's uh, definitely for those who are in the services industries um, whether they be accountants or um, um, physiotherapists, or anybody who provides some sort of a service, as well as somebody who um, is in the consulting or coaching area.
0: Yeah, for sure. And the other groups of clients that we've been dealing with over the last couple of months, Brian, and um, a lot of IT service folks yeah. as well.
1: That's right. Yeah, it's not uh, like uh, people who work in a know uh, Apple store, is it? most of the people we've been working with uh, sell IT services um, in a very competitive market and um, an awful lot of what we're going to talk about today is uh, going to help um, uh, those people uh, be able to sell these services um, more effectively without uh, necessarily always um, negotiating on um, on price which is what we found a lot of them are doing
0: yeah for sure as with most businesses the the wrong place to start in terms of attracting more clients or customers and selling more, the wrong place to start is with looking to reduce your price to the lowest price point. Yep. There's always some some idiot who will go out of business and is prepared to go out of business faster than you by reducing their price. That's
1: it. That's exactly right.
0: All righty then Brian, so big subject, um, selling intangibles, where would you like to start a journey through selling intangibles?
1: Okay. I I think maybe what we do is we just um, maybe lay some uh, groundwork in terms of um, uh, some uh, facts or some reality checks that maybe uh, those listeners who are selling um, intangibles uh, such as services uh, would like to write down. I think it's important uh, that we um, uh, enable our listeners to um, take some notes on this one, and then, um, of course, you're welcome to contact us if you have any questions. Questions, or if you um, you know want to discuss any of these topics uh, in more depth, but um, you know because we're we're selling an, an intangible, um, and, and basically what that means is that you're in many respects selling uh, yourself, your team, your time. Um, there are some some basics uh, that we just need to uh, make sure that uh, that we understand. So. When you're um, when you're selling an intangible, there's an inherent need for you to be able to um, uh, prove to uh, your prospects uh, three um, key concepts, and uh, these three key concepts are: um, uh, first of all, um, uh, will you work well uh, with us? So, from a client perspective, they're going to be looking at you and asking themselves, is this the uh, firm? team or person with whom we can work well. Um, Is there a fit? Is there a match? Do I feel comfortable with this person? And so, uh, in this regard, um, some interpersonal skills um, become um, uh, very important. Um, The second one is, um, can you actually do what you say you can do? Um, We all know that uh, uh, there are a lot of consultants out there an awful lot of people put the shingle up in front of the door Um, but that uh, does not necessarily mean that you're um, uh, both competent and capable of executing what you say you're going to do and um, uh, none of us need reminding of the fact that uh, either we ourselves or uh, in some part of our uh, career history have known um, instances where consultants, advisors service providers, etc., cetera, have not delivered what they said they were going to deliver. Um, and the third one, which is, um, comes back uh, to um, you know, something that is uh, you know, very, very uh, basic selling skills, but again, something that oftentimes we find lacking, is uh, does the consultant or the service provider really understand what we need? Do they understand us, and do they understand our requirements? Um you know, it's uh, it's very easy for a uh, consultant in a particular domain to um, present themselves as having the expertise in that domain, but it's a completely other thing to be able to um, uh, take that knowledge and apply it specifically to a uh, client. And we all know that each client has its own um, specific uh, environmental and, um, and other uh, factors that contribute to uh, its current situation so, Again, just to reiterate, um, you know, will you work well with us from a client perspective? Um, can you actually do what you say you can do? And um, do you really understand what we're all about and what we need? So those are three foundational concepts that um, somebody needs to get pretty well uh, uh, clear on and also um, uh, able to address in any sort of uh, sales cycle.
0: Yeah. Um, one of the things that comes to mind, Brian, as you're talking about those three fundamental principles is something we talk about a lot in our own business, which um, in the sales ecosystem business, which is we're, we're very, very passionate, very, uh, very strong views on the fact that one of the best ways to sell what we do, which is, of course, a service itself, is to actually sell by demonstration rather than by assertion. And really, what that means, and it goes to your three fundamental um, points you raised there, Brian. The first point you raised was will you work well with us? The best way you can demonstrate that if you're selling a service or intangible, or one of the best ways, is to actually demonstrate rather than trying to sell. Can you do what you say you'll do? Again, demonstration goes a long way to um, helping with that. And the third question or principle you raised do you understand um, what we need? Again, what better way of of proving that than by demonstration? So, And we might come back to that at the end of the podcast a little bit more about why we particularly choose to um, demonstrate rather than sell by just asserting how good we are and what we can do for folks.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yep.
0: Okay, so um, given those three principles, Brian, um, where are you going to take us next on this uh, discussion about um, selling intentions?
1: Okay. Well, um so those are the first set of reality checks. The other thing I guess is a um, as a summary of that is uh, if you look at those three elements um, and consider them closely, you'll see that all three contribute to your being able to differentiate yourself against the competition. Um, uh they all have uh deeper layers to them and um, you know in some cases it means that you're a very effective um asker of questions and a, a good investigative consultant or a um, a good person to be able to extract quality information so the whole idea here is to differentiate yourself and move out of the um, the commodity uh... which we all know um, pretty much blankets any service provision these days um, the next area is uh... again might be a little bit uh... confrontational or uh, may fall under some dispute and again the invitation is out for people to certainly express any contrary opinions um, but basically, uh, in this uh, day and age, um, it's not the relationships that will close your sales, it's your capabilities and your insights. Um, and I know there's going to be people, I uh, can almost hear the gasps uh, of people, um, and maybe even some um, desk thumping on that one, because we've all been told that uh, relationships are everything. Um, but in actual fact, um, in the uh, in selling intangibles, your expertise and your insights um, again uh, is going to be what trumps uh, any uh, relationship, um, no matter um, how strong that may be. With, uh, for instance, a competitor of yours, it, it's it's um, you know not hard and fast and hundred percent, but in this day and age, when people are looking for value out of every dollar. Um, and their own decision for actually engaging you will be under some scrutiny. Uh, they're going to make darn sure that um, they're going to get the best um, best result from the best person that's available. And so, uh, therefore, um, uh, you know your your ability to um, communicate uh, insights and capabilities is going to be the most paramount factor in somebody deciding is whether they're going to engage your services. And again, that's why. Um, You know, Sam, you were talking about how we uh, show it rather than sell it. Um, Again, that's uh, one of another primary reason why we use that sales methodology.
0: Yep, absolutely. Um, Capabilities and insights, not relationships. That's actually, um, it's almost counterintuitive, I think, given the current um, bunch of stuff out there, both on the internet and in the bookstore, that you can buy at the moment where, There's so many people out there pushing that what you need to do is you need to build relationships, be it online relationships through social media, or be it good old-fashioned networking, going um, face-to-face at networking events. Um, But, yeah, what's the point of relationships if you cannot demonstrate the capabilities and insights that you have in your particular area of expertise?
1: Mm, That's right. And, again, I mean... um, uh you, you, we're always making an assumption that the client, um, and again, it depends on what service you're uh, you're providing, but uh, we always make the assumption that the client wants a so-called relationship, quote-unquote, and in many instances that may not be the case. Um, just uh, think for a minute, uh, inside of a uh, medium or large organization, um, you don't necessarily establish close relationships with all of your coworkers. workers um, uh, so therefore, uh, you know, you can have a, um, a uh, well, I guess what you would call a working relationship or an affiliation, but it doesn't have to be to the depth that I think many people uh, think they need to drive these things to.
0: Yeah, for sure. And one one of the other things, going off a tiny bit of a tangent, but we'll come back. But one of the other things that, um, if you're going to be demonstrating capabilities and insights, means, and this is another one of the things that we go on about a lot, but one of the things that it means is, you have to um, have capabilities and insights, which normally means in a particular area. Um, one of the most frustrating things, I think you'll agree, Brian, with, with some of the clients we work with ourselves is, they just will not narrow down sufficiently enough who they're aiming at mm. in terms of their target market, if we can use that label, which therefore means it's very, very difficult. If I'm trying to sell my services to a dozen different groups of people who've all got a dozen different sets of requirements and who look at the world from their perspective then how can i demonstrate capabilities and insights other than at a very general level and the more general i am in how i describe my capabilities and the insights i give to people the less attractive i am to them as somebody who they want to buy from because i'm not being specific enough yep um, right. So yeah. So as well as the the relationship aspect of that, from what you're saying there, then the capabilities and insights really is a great opportunity for folks to really sharpen their messages, and really think long and hard about who who are my messages aimed at, who will these capabilities appeal to, um, what insights do I have that's going to relate to my particular market. Yep. Okay. Exactly. So capabilities and insights, great.
1: Um, another one that um, I guess uh, is also um, a little bit uh, contrary to a lot of um, of the prevailing thinking is um, uh, the, the prospect's experience with you um, is far more important than um, any sales um, technique that you're um, you've adopted. And um, what I mean by this is that uh, you may find that your client has a particular um, uh, desire or expectation about how the sales process uh, should proceed and and you need to be um, agile enough to be able to adopt that for instance um, uh, you might find in some cases that a client wants to meet with you in um, you know uh, regular uh, small briefings or um, interviews or may wish to see um, an example of some of your work or. Um, maybe meet with different stakeholders or something like that and and so it's kind of a co-designed sales process and um, what that also does is distinguish you from those who basically have a hard and fast um, sales uh, technique or process Um, and um, in that you uh, or I guess the overarching objective here is that you want to make that process as easy as it can possibly be for the buyer um, so you don't want to um, keep ramming your uh, technique into them uh... with the expectation that that technique is what uh, delivers the result when in actual fact uh, what you need to do is um... you still need to do things such as um... identifying decision makers and positioning your services and so forth and, uh... being able to communicate effectively about your service but what we're talking about here is that overall, that process needs to be co-designed with the client, um, and, and don't in any way uh, think that you have to adhere to some rigid step-by-step process. And if that breaks out of that process somehow, you're um, you're um, you know uh, compromising the opportunity to make a sale. Um, so that's that's another one. The other one I think that um, you might find, which goes a little bit with one we said before around um, the relationship, and that is that. Um, There's no doubt about it, you do need to be um, likable. Um, uh, But when you look at the hierarchy of decision making, um, don't overrate uh, the likability factor. Um, It's just human nature or uh, it's a reality of human existence that some people get along better with others. Sam, you and I both know that, um, having worked with the um, with our behavioral profiling tools, and it doesn't mean that you have a, um, uh, you know, dysfunctional relationship or one that uh, can't be productive. It just means that in a decision making process, a client is not going to overrate your likability. Again, they're going to go back to, can you work with us? Can you deliver? And do you understand our needs? And and those are more important than, um, you know, how, how likability you are or how you perceive yourself as being likeable.
0: Yep, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I I think that's spot on the money again there, Brian. Um, And I guess it comes down to psychology as well. We all tend to like to be liked by other people, but in a sales situation, whilst um, you certainly have to get people to the point when they trust you, as you say yourself, Brian, you, they don't necessarily have to um, like you, and you don't necessarily have to absolutely like them. Um, there have to be some. There have to be something in the relationship for them to actually um, carry out a transaction with you to hand over money for your services. But um, yeah, they don't have to be your best buddy, and um, they don't have to be somebody who you go out with after after the office closes and have a beer with or go to a fitty with or anything like that. But um, there has to be some degree of um, connection there
1: that's it that's it the um uh, you know we're all successful because there must be I mean we're uh, we're certainly not psychopaths or sociopaths so um there is uh, there is something intrinsically good and likable with us and um uh, you wouldn't be where you are if uh, if you had uh, something more severe so it's just this um sometimes people uh, in order to be um uh, in a position of establishing a more deep relationship sometimes we overemphasize um, being likable and, and I guess in my own experience sometimes i found that to be a little bit of a facade and um, you and I both know that um, authentic uh, people who um, are aligned with uh, who they really are, are far more um, pleasant to deal with, with than those who um, we have this sense that there's some facade that's being presented to us and we're not seeing the real person um, you know, the other, the other one, um, Sam, which I, I thought, you know, is, is, boy, something that an awful lot of people um, still don't really get, um, and that is that um, your people or the team, if you're working in a uh, with a consulting team or a service team or something of that nature, um, it's important. Uh, the people uh, who are making buying decisions will... Um, will most likely want to know something about your um, team um, but it's not the primary thing you've got to think about Um, again I'm gonna go back and I'm probably sounding a bit like a broken record but your prospects and clients um, what they care about is the impact of your services on them right goes back to those three things again Um, can you uh, do it Um, Do you understand our needs you know and um, are you who you say you are, those sorts of things are more important than necessarily uh, how many MBAs you have on the team and how polished their shoes are. One of the things I find sometimes interesting um, is that uh, many um, firms often emphasize um, an awful lot of uh, credentials that might have been obtained some 20 or 30 years ago. and Really, um, as we all know, that doesn't matter to a prospect as much as I just um, engaged these guys. Are they going to do what they say they're going to do, and is it going to have a positive impact on my organization? So, um, one of the ways that you overcome this is um, is uh, to basically look at each client problem, um, uh, you know, again in its isolation, as though it's almost, it's the first time you've um, encountered it, and discuss these problems with your client um, using. Um, what we in our company call uh, the naked um, technique you know not trying to be mister know-it-all not trying to be uh... somebody who relies on um, on past credentials and you know uh, past histories and past wins and all of that stuff is taken into consideration but the main game is you have got to be able to convince the person on the other side of the table that you can do what you say you can do and you understand their needs so it's conversational it's um, Mixed in there with some humility, um, and it's mixed in there with some authenticity, um, and that's far more important than having um, uh, your company reliant upon um, uh, its bench strength. Is that a word they use down here? Bench strength.
0: Yep, it is. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, oh, I mean, you need the bench strength, mate. But it's not. Uh, again, uh, don't don't try to. Um, Uh, push that up the hierarchy uh, further than where it really sits
0: yeah absolutely Um, at both ends of the spectrum I guess one in terms of going over the top in terms of your people and who you want them to appear to be at one end of the spectrum you've got that at the other end of the spectrum you've got um, another bunch of companies out there and I've particularly found this um, I'm doing a little research project at the moment Brian where I'm looking at IT service companies websites yeah Uh, and there's almost the opposite set of behaviors which isn't going to help with selling either and the opposite set of behaviors here is when you can you go to an IT service company's website and they talk a lot about technology and sometimes they go way over the top with that but you can't find a single thing about a single human being involved in the company Um, there's absolutely the opposite end of this there's absolutely nothing about people and, and the difficulty you face it, whether you're an IT service provider, whether you're an accounting firm, whether you're a consultant, is um, there has to be a relationship between people, um, even though it's, it's going to be capabilities and insights, like you say, Brian, that's going to sell things. So um, what we're not saying is you go to the opposite end of the spectrum and you don't say anything about who's there, and you don't have any appearance, you just become invisible. <laughs> and we're not saying do that either, but what what I think you're saying, Brian, is... Um, It's all about, as we do in our business, it's just about being authentic, it's about turning up, um, giving people as much as you can of your stuff, which is one of the things we do before um, there's any discussion about anyone paying for anything. And in doing so, helping to demonstrate to people that you can actually do what it is you say you'll do, and that you do know that this, you know, you do have insights into this area, um, and you can genuinely help them with fulfilling a need that they currently have.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly, you know. It's. Um, I think uh, you know. For those uh, who are able to attend one of our um, one of our uh, seminars, um, we we spend some time in that space uh, uh, because we we find that an awful lot of people um, get frustrated, um, you know, uh, and then try to react to that frustration by again being inauthentic. Um, being prescriptive and so forth and uh and basically what uh what we do in sales ecosystem is uh, try to get people to actually behave uh uh in the exact opposite manner and uh, it's okay to say you don't know something uh, or you're not sure and you may need to do some research or something like that and i guess the other one is that it's closely aligned with this is that um, Your prospect, uh, your client, um, are the ultimate um, uh, decision makers in terms of value. Um, You know, we spend uh, our, you know, consultants by nature spend an awful lot of time um, um, not only espousing their own um, saintliness and uh, guru status, but will also oftentimes be very prescriptive in other words the way that i do things is the right way to do and what i do when i work with you is exactly what i did for the company that i worked with uh, last time and uh, that is completely the opposite of where you need to get to um you don't want to be prescriptive and you don't want to impose your perception of value on the prospect or client they are the ones who are going to decide whether or not you um, provide value, and again, you'll probably get from all of this that all of these things are interrelated, and it uh, comes back to um, uh, things such as you know um, the likability, the um, the ability to question, um, you know that uh, people are perceiving you in terms of. How that sales process or that buying experience went, and all of these things are all interrelated. And this one is basically saying that uh, we don't want you to go in and um, basically cookie cut your way through a consulting engagement, um, as opposed to approaching um, every every possible engagement as a means of delivering unique value for that unique client.
0: Yep, absolutely. And, and one of the things that kind of goes hand in hand with what you're saying, Brian, is that um, in the sales process, and indeed, after you've um, managed to get a sale as a service provider, there has to be a degree of um, standing up for what you believe in. Mm. Um, give you an example. One of the clients I was working with, not last week, the week before, um, working with the managing director of a group of companies, and... Uh, the directors of each of the individual companies was there as well. And the MD stood up and basically proclaimed that he had a particular um, he had a particular idea of something he was going to do on the company's websites. And when I heard what he was suggesting, I'm not going to say what it was, but when I heard what he was suggesting, I just thought it was plain wrong and was entirely the opposite of what they should be doing. So being a consultant who has a point of view, I stood up and said... Um, to this individual I think you're completely wrong and here's why now for some service providers that can be a scary thing to do both in the sales process and subsequent to that but the kind of response I got which is normally what we find is um, the MD basically said I'm really pleased that someone in the room stood up and told me I was wrong and <laughs> um, I can understand why you're saying that and I agree with you if I'd done it myself we'd have wasted a whole bunch of time and money doing something for no return yeah um, now, whilst there's always a risk when when you do stand up in the sales process or subsequent to it and and you know, have a point of view and have something you believe in, there's always a chance that you can piss someone off and they may walk away from you, but rather that than them sign up with you under false pretenses when you know the pre- pretenses are false. Um, yeah, exactly. And that's, that, exactly that's, that's part of winning the trust as well. You're talking a lot in today's uh, podcast, Brian, about value and trust, I think. Um, and one of the ways you get people's trust is you need to have a point of view about something, and if you believe it, then be prepared to stand up for it
1: yep that's it that's it and that 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 is exactly right sam it's um It's one of the toughest things you can do and uh, if you're in the um, in the scary position of um, basically living uh, uh, consulting project to consulting project or um, maybe you're in a bit of a lull and you haven't had a a good project for a little while you um uh, you might have some trepidation at actually mustering the courage, but it all comes back to the fact that um, uh, you know a leader, a business leader, a business manager, she doesn't need yes people. Um, she doesn't need a room full of nodding heads. Um, and what you uh, what you described there is um, is uh, again something that most business leaders who are open-minded and um, and focused on growth and that sort of um, mindset would appreciate at least a little bit of friction just to see
0: how you can flesh it out. Yeah, absolutely. And one other thing to throw into the mix as well, Brian, which comes from a question that I was asked last week by um, somebody who's in business on their own as a service provider. The question they asked me was, hey, Sam, can you do you guys have any way or have any approach or any technique that i can use to get a whole bunch of new clients quickly i said how many new clients are you talking about and what do you mean by quickly he said ideally between five and ten clients would be good and in terms of time frame in the next one to two weeks now my answer to that individual was um unless you've got 9.5 of them already signed up and the other point, 0.5 is almost signed up, then now there's nothing I can do to help me get 10 clients in the space of two weeks. How that relates to what we're talking about is because the only way that you could possibly achieve those 10 clients in two weeks is somehow being able to force your selling approach onto whichever target market you're aiming at as a service provider. And what we talking about in today's podcast is completely the opposite of that, is about having the flexibility to demonstrate your value to people and to earn their trust and demonstrating value and earning trust is going to take your time um so anyone who's listening into this who has found that particularly when it comes to marketing and sales they find that they're one of these people who's always out there looking for the magic bullet solution Yeah. You know, something that's going to deliver squillions of clients easily where they just press a button and out, out pops a client there is no such thing um and the sooner in your business, if you believe there is, the sooner you can get over that hang up and deal with the reality that you need to have a systematic but flexible approach that helps you to demonstrate the value you add to your clientele and helps you to build trust with individuals who may become new clients, the sooner your business will grow. Um, there is no fast, magic, easy way of doing this. Um, and believe me, Brian and I, we've been in this business for a long time. We've seen all kinds of things. Um, there is no magic solution. Um, you need to get out there. You need to earn value. You need to build trust.
1: Yep, that's right. You can also apply all of these um, uh, elements to your networking as well. Um, it, it, you know, anything when you're engaging in, um, uh, either with a prospect. These are all valid things that people, um, even when you're networking, will be, um, uh, you know, uh, far more uh, likely to remember. Uh, you if um, you took an interest in them and then was able to somehow provide even a snippet of value based on your um, your ideas and insights Um, you know i've been there and i've been in situations um, where you know what your what you just described in terms of um, you know i need clients fast Um, you know we, we most of us have been there at some point in our lives and and, and sometimes uh, when you uh, transgress these elements that uh, we've just described, what happens is you have a uh, very unfulfilling, um, very short, um, and all, sometimes can be somewhat damaging engagement um, uh, with, with a client. And so what we want to do is help um, all of you guys build sustainable consulting practices or sustainable um, accounting practices or whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, sustainability is the key, so that uh, you know you're not um, losing sleep over uh, the fact that uh, you don't have a pipeline of um, of quality prospects and um, and the cash that uh, that you earn by uh, doing so. So, no quick fixes, unfortunately. Although we've all been at times in that position of wishing there were ones.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just to round off that particular story, the individual who I was speaking to. Her, Um, The way that he's going about doing things at the moment, because he perceives he desperately needs to find new clients, is he's doing exactly that. He's appearing to be desperate. So when somebody says, can you help me, then he's in their boots and all saying, of course I can help you. Let's get started. Um, The last time somebody approached me kind of out of the blue and asked me, could I help them improve their business? Um, I asked them two questions. Because um, at that point in time, even though they phone me, I've got no idea whether or not I can help them, number one. And number two, um, they don't know whether I can help them yet either. So what I do is I ask them two questions. I ask them, number one, tell me what you're trying to achieve here. okay? And then number two, why is that so important to you? Um, So again, even if you're out there uh, listening to this and you think, I desperately need new customers, new clients. And somebody walks up to you and says, I'd like to buy... Um, new services from you. Um, At that stage in the relationship, you don't know them, they don't know you, you haven't demonstrated any value, you haven't earned any trust, and you've got no idea what it is they need to have done. So the worst thing you can do as a service provider um, is sign up a client or new customer who approaches you without you understanding, what they're trying to do, why it's important, and whether or not you can help them.
1: Yep, it's all right. Well, man, I think we've covered a lot of ground. Are you okay
0: to button it up? Yeah, sure am. We'd be, the podcast is about 35 minutes long, so that's a good length, I think, for folks.
1: Yeah, it gives you a little break from uh, your, um, your prospecting and your uh, researching and all the other great things that uh, I hope all of our listeners are doing, um, but not too long so that you're losing focus.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, no, that's been really useful. Brian, um, as always, with these podcasts, um, even though this stuff is stuff that we do all the time, um, it's refreshing and insightful, I find, for myself personally, um, just to hear, hear it again.
1: Yeah, me too, mate. Yeah, every time we do one of these things, we always learn something, don't we?
0: We should. Uh, yeah, it's about always sharpening your tools.
1: Yep, that's a good one. Okay. Oh, yeah, look, I'll, um, I'm going to go off and uh, maybe... Uh grab a little bit of sunshine and a cup
0: of tea and then get back into it. Okay, excellent stuff. And for everyone out there listening into the podcast, if you would like us, obligation-free, of course, to help you with your business, either the marketing or sales side of it, if you're a service provider especially, and pick up the telephone and give us a call or go to our website. Our phone number is 1300 332 and the website salesecosystem.net which is hopefully where you're listening to this podcast. And Brian and I will happily give up a couple of hours of our time to help you with your business, no cost, no obligation. So hopefully we'll hear from you soon and we'll see you soon as well. Yep. Thanks, Brian.
1: Thanks, Sam. See you soon,
0: buddy. Bye-bye.